You so, cut yeah. one person. Yeah, I mean, sure, that's interesting. But come back to cute. me when there's a string of them. You know, right? Like, hit me after three, bro. Like, uh, come on. <laughs> Even to a degree, I suppose I could be fascinated with, like, you just killed one person? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't want to be wild, but, like, one? Yeah, just doing the one. You know, yeah. that seems wild. Like, I mean, kudos. If, you, if, if that's all you got in you, like... But like, there's a lot of things I can't do once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like in general. Uh, uh, with potato chips, I'm not gonna eat one. Uh, with a movie, I tend to watch them multiple times. I'm not a watch it once and I'm over it no. kind of thing. So like, how that would is carry on. Is this some on. kind of, though, is this some kind of, um, uh, like, like I say, neuro spicy situation. Though, maybe maybe it like, is. You know, I'm watching this show for the 16th rerun because it's my comfort show. Right. Um. You know, but you know, could it be your comfort murdering technique? Maybe you know? that's your comfort murder technique. I lured exactly. this hitchhiker into my car for the 14th time because it, you know. Yeah. This is a main hustle media podcast. Virtual Reality Studios. A new realm of creativity. up y'all welcome to matcha masala and murder blended besties spill the tea we are just a couple of mixed mates musing over matcha masala and murder. <laughs> <laughs> that won't get old for me at all uh i am one of your co-hosts your sir auntie charmaine fury aka the blazion blurred i am a black japanese british american currently living in medida mexico and I'm just, uh, I don't know why I had an and there. That's, that's it. That's, that's what I wanted to say about who I was. Who are you? Hi, <laughs> I'm Ria Michael. I am a Desi Welsh, uh, Italian, Irish girl living in London, spreading my patented trademarked version of mixed bestie energy and living my best life as a mother of a mixed race child in a cross-cultural marriage. Um, and doing my thing on the internets, making mixed race communities, and now talking about murder. Talking about murder. <laughs> uh, so we are, this is our episode four, and we have been, you know, slowly developing the show. We, we've kind of been pre-production throughout the summer, and then through the fall, we've been kind of recording when we've had um, chunks to be able to do it. And in the process of getting through the first three episodes, it occurred to us that we were making a wee bit of a mistake. <laughs> it, it, it suddenly dawned on us. <laughs> <laughs> like it was in our description of our podcast that we were Macha Masala and Murder, but we didn't call the show. Like we just shorthanded the title of the show, Macha Masala. And it was like, wait a second. Why would anybody listen to it? Like, in, like unless they were looking for tea. Yeah. They're like, hey, there's a podcast called Macha Masala. Let's check that out. Uh, and then, you know, they pop up and they're like, wait, this is um, 
this is about murder. It just seemed like a miss. <laughs> yeah. And I think because originally we had planned like different different things as well before all the murder there was right. a lot of other chat that we were gonna do and then we realized actually that we just want to talk about we this. just want to talk about murder right so, so yeah, yeah uh, like it even made more in, sense. even in general like for true crime meanness we mm. tended it always tends to go in the in the murdery way versus like yeah. the missing or the this or oh the that yeah or whatever right yeah um I, I didn't realize how many factions of true crime enis people fell into like you know you could say like oh i'm into true crime and then someone would go like what's your thing like oh are you into give me murders? specify the genre take yeah. it yeah and okay. so like i used to have a co-worker um an older an older lady and we we were both into to true crime podcast but every time i would i'd be like oh you have to hear about this murder and she's like oh i don't want to hear about it and i'd be like what she was into the missing people oh just the missing just the missing that was just her deal missing. and i was like missing i will listen to them but they they seem so unsatisfactory i was to gonna me say they don't finish usually there's no resolution here yes and mm. i think and so i like oh so we're in different camps and then yeah. you know like of, of this thing um and then of course like even amongst the murder people there are like people more into serial killers and people more into just general yeah. stories and i think i tend down the serial killer path because Same of thing. my fascination of people's <laughs> minds you know um so you yeah one person yeah i mean sure that's interesting but come back to you when there's a string of them. you know right like hit me after three bro like uh, <laughs> come on let's get into it uh so but yeah because i'm more fascinated about like the 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 brain chemistry like the makeup yeah, yeah, yeah. of what yeah. is the difference between your mind and a killer's mind a serial killer's mind mm -hmm. or like even to a degree i suppose i could be fascinated with like you just killed one person <laughs> you know yeah, like, I, yeah i don't want to be wild but like one yeah just doing the one you know yeah. that seems wild like i mean kudos if, you, if if that's all you got in you like um but then i mean is it uh, what okay why did they just do the one because they got caught in which case they were bad at it sure yeah because they just that they literally didn't have it in them you know pure like literal yeah. crime of passion and circumstance you know sure, so right. that's how it ended up um revenge and, you know yeah they only well, needed to get one exactly guy and then yeah boom, they don't have done. a murderous nature it was yeah. just that guy really pissed me off right right so um or is it does it i mean does it naturally follow that a serial killer is is good at it because they're not getting caught or i don't um that's that's not actually always the case is it because it's not it, always the case no. right yeah um so yeah i don't know i just i think i'm it's i'm not unfascinated by a person who can only do it one time mm -hmm. but like there's a lot of things i can't do once <laughs> You know, it's like in general, <laughs> uh, uh, with potato chips, I'm not going to eat one. Uh, with a movie, I tend to watch them multiple times. I'm not a watch it once and I'm over it. No. Kind of thing. So like how that would is carry this some on. some kind of, though, is this some kind of, um, uh, <laughs> like, like I say, neurospicy situation? Though, maybe maybe it like, is. You know, I'm watching this show for the 16th rerun because it's my comfort show. Right. Um, you know, but you know, could it be your comfort murdering technique? Maybe you know? that's your comfort murder technique. I lured exactly. this hitchhiker into my car for the 14th time because it, you know. Yeah. I'm so or compelled like, to 
by my brain chemistry. Yeah, your, your brain chemistry is saying you need to relive this. Yeah. And I think that's that tends to be when I really think about the people that I have become the most um, fascinated by and not in like an I um like not in like an idol worship type of way, yeah. but literally like why? I just yeah. am so curious about why the brain works like that for some people that I um I I, I just I I, I, I need to understand it. I, I need to get it. And when you see yeah. patterns in the way that people do it, um, those are the ones that I tend to like pay the most attention to. Like was starting off with Graham the way that I did, like poison was his thing. That was what he did. He wasn't he, gonna slash this guy, poison that guy. It wasn't the, oh, yeah. the you know, yeah. the the method was important, you mm -hmm. know, for him. Yeah. Um and I think a lot of the people that I end up learning most about or being the most interested in learning the most about end up being like, like that. They have a thing mm -hmm. that they do when they repeat that thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess. So yes, matcha masala murder. Apologies. We're not just M&M. We've gone triple M. And which is actually better for me in terms of my record keeping, because my other show is Militantly Mixed, which I also, my editing nomenclature is M.M. whatever the episode is. So now I have M.M.M. whatever the episode is. And I've got M.R.M. and M.M.M. now. Yeah, right. So like it's helpful to do this, but also, you know, you know right out of the gate what it is we're talking about. We're two fans that are talking about murder. Um, it, I, you know, it's funny because I started noticing that and I wasn't really aware of that until you and I started to talk about doing the show together, how many um, true crime podcasts are, are like formed around a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to drink when you discuss murder? <laughs> yeah, there's like the wine girls and yeah. then there's like the, the, the coffee people. Yeah, there's like yeah. the, the pub people like the yeah you know, yeah the, yeah the you know, wine like pairing and the, yeah like and yeah. stuff like that so yeah. i mean i'm here for the tea pairings eventually obviously we're new so no one's sponsoring yeah. us yet but like any tea companies out there you want to give us some some teas that we can pair uh yeah. we're, we're we're you're just Ooh. gonna have to send some to mexico and to the uk so that's this is a fruity little number that would go quite well with a cereal <laughs> throttler exactly <laughs> a cereal throttler <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if you are a tea company, that's the sort of thing you could get from us. That's what you could get from us. That's that's the that's the level we're bringing. Um, you know, and like I'm I'm I've been always. I mean, you and I both have talked about like if we're talking about just like British black tea, you know, mm. like you could be pretty basic with us. Mm -hmm. we're, we'll be fine. The mm -hmm. the builders, the the yep. the number ones, the English breakfast, you know, stuff like that. Like yeah, just get us with a nice, hearty, robust yep. black tea. Um, but I've been. Uh, there's a Mexican tea that I've just tried that's like mm. uh, piña coco, uh, pineapple and coconut, nice. which I'm usually not a fruit tea person. Yeah, no, I know. I've become yeah. really obsessed with this because okay. it's really delicious. So I just need to find the proper murder to pair it with so that I can talk <laughs> so about it. Needs, I'm thinking something tropical. Yes, tropical <laughs> murder. We'll see what's out there. Um, so I'm starting to think, like, this is so true. Yeah, yeah. This is how my day-to-day -day life is. It's just like I'm about to make this cup of tea, and I'm like, what? true crime would work with this i actually oh. bought a box of tea i was in the um i was in the queue i was in line at the um <laughs> to pay for my goods at the shop or the store i'm doing my own translations now <laughs> uh, and i saw it on the shelf it was an impulse purchase because it was right by the till and i was like yes i have to get this because and then <laughs> on the way home i was driving home and i was like 
has t- have I just have I stumbled upon the best career ever? Because <laughs> now I can legitimately write off tea as right. an expense. Right. Like, this is incredible. Like, what have I done? <laughs> Honestly, as a as a person for both of us that come from multiple tea cultures, to yeah. find a way to write off mm-hmm. the staple of from morning to night. I mean, yeah. my day starts. Uh, English tea and ends Japanese tea like that's, yeah, yeah. that's the cross right <laughs> yeah. like if I can figure out how to write that off it would be brilliant there it um, is yeah we're doing and it. yeah I think I think <laughs> we've I think we've hit the nail like like we it was cute us trying to be little mixed race podcasters from all these years <laughs> what we really were supposed to be yeah yeah <laughs> is this um, sipping the tea spilling the tea that's what we're all about that, that's what that's what we're about uh <laughs> so now that we're a few episodes in too I, it also occurred to me that like the visual audience because you know we're a youtube um podcast yeah. uh, get what's happening when we <laughs> translate the different american and british phrases and stuff like that yes. there's a little pop sound that that, yeah. that defines it on the screen but for those of you who are listening to the audio only um, these pops are inexplicable. <laughs> <laughs> and what is happening on the screen is uh, you will say something like leg it and I will pop up the, the definition <laughs> on the on the page uh, so that people can see what you're talking about. Or, you know, when we say line versus cue, those yeah. will be a thing. Mm-hmm. I also occasionally have a Charmaine phrase that is neither American <laughs> nor British, uh, like switchies. Oh, uh, yeah. When we're t- talking about like swapping food. And then I said swapsies. Yes. So you said swapsies. So, like, you know, we have things. I feel like you and I uh, have a, a level that we kind of speak each other's language accidentally, yeah. Yeah. but maybe the rest of the world doesn't. And so sure. I felt like, that would be reasonable, to be fair. Yes. So, we felt like we should define some of the shit that yeah. we say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I just thought, uh, like, you know, I didn't want it to kind of pass without acknowledging that. that. So, the other part, too, is if you. <laughs> listening i've literally had to like well first of all in the first episode i couldn't pronounce the name of the poison and i didn't realize it until later how wrong i was <laughs> and uh so i've had to record the correct so that's all these like i'm talking normal and then all of a sudden i'm like anemone uh, oh no, i said it wrong again Antimony. She's learned nothing. She's learned nothing. I've learned nothing. <laughs> learned nothing. Um, and so yeah, like so the first, you know, we're we're working out the kinks. We're learning, we're learning together, even though we're we're semi-seasoned um podcasters. Like this is a totally different game than we're used exactly. to playing. So um, yeah, so the first couple of episodes, like it's the kind of stuff that's making me laugh as I'm editing because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to re-record anything. This, you know, like yeah, 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 because we're we're surprising each other with our stories every week. So I'm not gonna be like, can we re-record Graham? You know, like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We, we had we had the moment we had. Um, that was my organic response. I can't just right. I can't replicate yeah. that at the drop of a hat. <laughs> right, and and I would hate if we if we had to do something like that. So yeah, I think you know. Episode Plus we're four. working with a like six or seven hour time difference. So that too, you know, right. <laughs> organizing so. that can be tricky. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's here we, we are. are. Macho, Masada, <laughs> Mer. And honestly, I fucking love it better. Like why yes, did it yes. take us so long to get here? It's so, no, you're right. You're, you're right. We had plans of like breaking down separate different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. The when- more we got into it, the more we were like, 
you know, let's just. So it, it worked, but I think I think with everything, you know, you you have an idea and it takes one form, and then you springboard from that to a different iteration, and it it kind of it you know it grows organically as we're finding stuff out, and I think yeah, uh, that I've said organically twice. That's really wanky. Sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but it does actually make sense to kind of roll with it and see how things play out. And and actually, I think it's weird if you don't lean into that. Then, if we hadn't leaned yeah. into this and changed it, we would have kicked ourselves further down the line. I thought, oh, oh yeah, yeah if we, we were really a year in. You oh, can't do it, it then. Terrible, right? Yeah, yeah it would have been. Yeah. And honestly, like, and, and to be fair, you and I are still getting to know each other. We've known yeah. we've we've technically only known each other online for like four months. Yeah, you know, four or yeah. five months. So. Relationship is growing as we're yeah. also working on this thing together, and it's just I don't know. It's, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm having a blast. Um, I also really appreciate that I'm not the only goober. Uh, <laughs> so thanks I'm for right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for goobering with me. Um, that's pretty much all. I really I didn't have I, I so uh, so yeah that's that's the level of preparedness I had today was um, let me let, let's address the elephant in the studio yes. of um, <laughs> our name and then uh, and then we can get into it. So I also you and I had a break of a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't even gotten a really the chance to to talk about a new murder. We've been I've been living in the. <laughs> the previous one. of our previous <laughs> recording um so i'm i'm chomping at the bit i'm ready to hear what, okay. what you have for us and if you're ready to jump in i'm ready to jump in i'm gonna lay it on you yes i'm ready shall i be mother it is I and I am going to be mother today and I feel like I might need to explain that have we explained that so oh you know what we haven't actually yeah for the for the non-British audience we do need to explain people shall I be mother if you bring out a tea tray with a teapot and some teacups and the milk and the sugar um and then the person who is going to pour out the tea for everybody they say shall I be mother which means shall I pour the tea so that's why, considering we're taking it in turns to tell these stories, like I'm being mother because today I'm pouring the tea. So yes. that's where that comes from. This and many other tea-related puns can be found every week here <laughs> with us. <laughs> so <clears throat> today I am going to talk to you about the Bandit Queen of India. Ooh, I already love it from the title alone. <laughs> I don't know shit, but let's get into it. <laughs> so this is now a little disclaimer. First of all, a little trigger warning, because obviously we know what we're talking about. We're talking about murder and stuff here. So there's always going to be something grisly or gory. But just for anybody who needs to know, we are talking. There's a lot of essay in this story. Okay. And so I just want everybody to know that ahead of time. Um, I don't go into any details about that, but it happens and I'm going to reference the fact that it's happened. So there we go. Um, and the other thing to say is that it's not your usual kind of murder situation. Oh, the body count is high, but it is not your usual kind of murdery situation. Okay. So I was umming and ahhing about this one, but I was so engrossed in this tale that I had to bring it up and I just thought it was going to work really, really well. So we're in India, which is obviously where... Most of my family is from, so this really spoke to me because we're we're doing a you know women who kill and we're doing 
ethnic women who kill, which is, you know, <laughs> ticking a lot of boxes so far. Um, and she's got a cool ass nickname, the Bandit Queen of India, um, which I'm here yeah. for. So, uh, and with all that being said, allow me to tell you the tale. Uh, so we're going all the way back to 1963. So it's also not as far back as I would normally go. Okay. But I, you know, we're going with it. Uh, so born in 1963 in Uttar Pradesh, which is a state in the north of India. So for people who don't know, India is split up into different states. Um, and there are uh, specific things that are to do with every state, but there are commonalities across the whole country. But it's a really, really big country, right, with millions and billions of people. So things a lot of that, languages, a lot of ethnic communities, exactly different religions. Yeah massively different so if you know about the country then saying this is where she's from like people would infer certain things but you don't really need to know that for the purposes of this but it's just to you know for education purposes um another thing in india is that they have the caste system which is a controversial system which isn't really like uh the class system that we have in the west but um, it's basically like a way of ordering society based on religious and cultural kind of norms, which have been in play for hundreds of years. And it divides up society into a hierarchy. That's how it is a bit like class. Um, and according to what level you're on, you kind of garner more respect. It means you can only work particular jobs depending on which mm. strata you're in and you're deemed more or less worthy. Um, and, and by association, you'll have more or less money or, you know, live a better life. And um, it's an awful thing. It's a root of a lot of problems. Um, and you can't work out of the systems, right? It's not like you, can, right, you can't yeah. merit out of them. Yes, exactly. Okay. No, no, you can't get your way out of them. Um, it would be really unusual to marry someone from a different caste. It does happen, obviously, and it happens more and more now. Um, certain religions don't subscribe. You know, Buddhists, um, Sikhism was built to kind of disestablish the caste system because it was built on the idea that everybody mm. should be equal. Um, and, you know, it, some people care about it more than others is what I'm saying. But at this time, when we're talking about this was a big deal and it was absolutely solid in mm. all of, you know, all of India. So um, basically there are, I mean, there are something like 3000 subcasts as well so like it's a hugely complicated thing right? <laughs> you cannot comprehend that at all <laughs> exactly right so all you need to know for today's purposes is that um is that our bandit queen was born in 1963 and was part of a, ca a cast which is um boatman or fisherman is their kind of role and job and profession okay and it is a low down one so it's not a high caste, it's a low down one. And her family were living in poverty. She was the youngest of, I think some reports differ. So at least three older sisters above her. And then there was her, the youngest. And having girls is expensive because you have to marry them off and you need a dowry. And the family did not have a lot and they weren't wealthy. They lived in poverty. And of course, poverty there and then is very different from what we might think of it in the west you know they mm -hmm. didn't have basic things mm. um, there had been some kind of dispute with neighboring families about a patch of land and who owned it and it may be that at some point our family had owned it but right now it's been taken away from them they've lost it in this dispute so for some time mm. really been without anything um so it became 
very uh, necessary for her to be married off because it would be one less mouth to feed in the household, etc. So her parents, right. when she got to the ripe old age of 11, her parents, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they weren't. They, it was going to be impossible for them to come up with a dowry. They weren't going to be able to marry her off in that way. So they sold her into marriage with a very much older man because um, he gave them a cow and a bicycle. And that's how he bought her as his wife. Um, mm. Culturally, so, like this was okay. bizarre. Sorry, question. Yeah. yeah. The families have to give the the families of the girls have to give a dowry, but yeah. the husband, the groom family has to. No, buy? so so normally, if you if you're the girl getting married, your family would give you a dowry to take to like, uh-huh. um, to sort of increase your chances or make yourself seem more appealing because you're coming okay. with this wealth. Right. And there wouldn't be there wouldn't be wealth or finance coming from the groom's side to the to the girl's family normally. But in this situation, because she didn't have a dowry, she wasn't desirable. Nobody, oh, no man okay. would want to marry her. Okay. So then we enter this old guy who hasn't been able to get anybody to marry him thus far. And he quite liked the idea of having a young wife. So he was willing to accept no dowry because she was young, which was a which was a bonus. And in actual fact, he then gave them a cow and a bicycle because she was young and she was being married off sooner than she might otherwise. So he recognized that was a bit of compromise on their part right okay okay so um this man was nearly three times older than her and she had a really bad time he repeatedly raped her and abused her and was physically abusive to her so she was having an awful time she kept running away and running back home to her parents and every time she got back home they sent her back to him Mm-hmm. And this went on uh, for three years when she eventually left him. And uh, well, actually, it was because he kicked her out and took her back to her parents and said, she's not performing her wifely duties. She's not you know, living up to my expectations. So I would like to return this product mm. that I have purchased. Whether or not he got his cow and bicycle back, I don't know. Mm. Um, at that point, of course, she had a failed marriage. And so she was considered an outcast by society this was the you know this was a terrible thing like what kind of woman can't be a good wife um so she brought shame to her whole family and they didn't really want her around because they didn't have the money to start feeding her again etc um so that is the humble beginning of the bandit queen whose name i should actually tell you which i realize (laughs) i have not yet revealed (laughs) so um so (laughs) Um, yeah, total pro. Um, her name is Bulan Devi. And um, we're going to fast forward a bit in her story now. So we last saw her when she'd been married for three years. She's been returned home. And she is now fast forward to 1979. That's where we're going to leap to. She's trying to make her way at home with her parents, even though they don't really want her. But she's in and around this village. She gets accused of theft. So she and another girl get accused of stealing from a nearby uh, family mm. and uh, she didn't actually steal anything but it whatever she gets sentenced to three days in jail so she spends three days in jail I don't know what happened to the other girl I don't think she spent three days in jail or any time in jail perhaps she came from a slightly better family that could buy her out of that situation mm-hmm. um, so our poor Fulan is in prison and jail for three days um, and the police 
treated her really badly and beat her and raped her. And this will be a common theme. So this is what I'm saying about the it's mention not. of that, even though I'm not going to go not. into any detail about it. Um, yeah. So she's having a bad situation. You know, this is a bad time already. Um, then... A few years later, she spent those three days in jail. She's doing her thing. She's still a single woman. Um, she's technically no longer legally married anymore to um, that guy. Because um, eventually, I think the marriage was dissolved. Um, a few years later, she gets kidnapped by a band of what's called dacoits, which dacoits means bandits so or banditry. Um, and this is a term, the East India Company, when they were doing all their colonial stuff out in mm -hmm. India, they uh, put in place a lot of different laws about what you could and couldn't do. And one of the laws they put in was against dacoits and thuggy. And that's where we get the word thug in English. Mm. Um, mm. So thuggy or thuggy is like how you would say that. And so dacoit and thuggy is like kind of just part of the cultural goings on, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bandits yeah. and robbers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so there was quite a problem in society with groups of um, it wasn't like organized crime. These are just poor people trying to make their way and they're trying to rob richer people than them. That's what they do. Um, Which and... I fully support. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're just, you know, everybody's just getting by. Um, so she gets kidnapped by this group. And while she's there, she sort of ends up kind of joining the gang and becoming a, like a dacoit herself. Um, and she meets this man, Vikram Mala, who she falls in love with. And this is great because he falls in love with her too. And they have this lovely time. And then the head of the gang captures her and sort of takes her off and rapes her. And so she suffers really badly under him. And Vikram, who is in love with her, wants to avenge her. And so he and Fulon make a plan to kill the bo big boss of the gang. Mm. Unfortunately, as part of this plan, um, it, things don't go quite according to plan. Anyway, long story short, they do kill the head of the gang okay. and they get married to each other and he's protected her. And she, you know, this is the first time a man has not done the bad thing to her and has actually looked after her. Um, but they're very much in love. They get together. She's a fully fledged member of the gang. In fact, she's basically the de facto leader at this point because Excellent. that's just how things have panned out. So this is going, finally, things are turning around. Right. Yeah. Together, they romped the countryside with their gang. They're robbing trains. They're raiding upper caste people's homes. They're kidnapping. There might be a bit of murdering going on, but. Uh, I'm kind of with it. Sketchy. I know. And, and, and okay. Under the circumstances, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so at this point, um, she and the gang and Vikram, they decide this is her plan. They go back to the village where her ex-husband lives. Ooh. Right? So one night they storm into the village. Nobody's expecting it. She stabs him. And she drags him out into the streets and parades him in front of all the other villagers as a warning to men who marry little girls and men who treat yes. women badly. Right. So, I mean, it's good. It's good. Um, you yes, should not take wives that are younger than you. You shouldn't be getting on with underage girls. You know, these are children. This shouldn't go on. It shouldn't be socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. So this was her big moment of revenge, which he did die after the stabbing. Um, and, you know, she left him there as a warning in the streets so everybody would know. So um, she's, you know, trying to take the power back, which I think is an important aspect to most of what she kind of gets up to. Um, 
so she's proved herself a really valuable member of this gang and every and the people in it the guys are actually quite happy to have her in charge and there's no like issue with her being a woman or anything like this is going well for them they're looting they're doing all right and every time they do a raid or a big robbery she goes to the temple and she worships this particular goddess to thank her for the fruitfulness of what's happened and she asks for more protection and that's just the life that she's leading, going about. And they travel from quite like wide range across the country. Uh, and so if we fast forward again, uh, two men who used to be members of the gang come back. They have been away for a while. And these two guys are upper caste men. So they're a higher class of dude, higher caste of uh, robber. Um, and they return and they realize what's happened, that the ex-leader of the gang has been killed. And when they find out who's done it, they are not happy at all. Because for them, the worst part about this is that the leader was killed by subordinates, but not just subordinates, people of a lower caste, because both mm. Bikram and Fulan were a lower caste. So um, they are outraged because this is just not the way things are done. This is just not the done thing. Amazing that in banditry, he would still hold yeah, the hierarchies of the caste. Like, <laughs> right? that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> even within the criminal underworld, we're yeah, still sticking to your rules. not the highest level within the ca <laughs> your existing caste anymore as a bandit. So why do you, why are you holding to these? That's right. So um, they make a, they decide this can't go on. So they make a plan. They conspire to kill Vikram and Fulan, obviously, because revenge. You know, mm -hmm. it's a tale as old as time. Sure. They did manage to kill Vikram, which is heartbreaking oh, because you know, he was the nice guy who looked after our girl. Yeah. Um, so they did manage to kill him. But what they did was they kidnapped her. So here's more kidnapping. And they kept her as a prisoner and they locked her up in a village. They went to a village called the uh, Bermai village, which was uh, a, a bit of a journey away, but not super duper far. And they kept her locked up, like literally in a room chained up in this place. And you guessed it, while she was chained up, they took it in turns. She was hide hideously beaten. And um, even the men from the village just like had free access. And that's what happened to her. She was oh, gang raped and repeatedly abused. Um, so this was the most hideous attack on her thus far, you know, even worse than everything she'd suffered before. Um, about three weeks later, after she'd been paraded in the street naked and like the men had been invited, you know, by her captors to come and just do whatever they wanted. You know, she'd been really suffered these public indignities as opposed to the, the private behind closed door ones. And man, about three weeks later, after all this terrible time, she manages to escape with the help of a couple of girls from the village, which is awesome. So girls supporting girls. Um, so she legged it. That's what she did. <laughs> of course yeah, she did. I, I had to say it. it. It's still my favorite. <laughs> um, so what did she do? What could she do? She can't go home. She's, you know, cut all her ties with being at home. Um, you know, she's not got an ex-husband anymore because she's killed him. She's not got a current husband, uh, second husband anymore because he's been killed. So, you know, what could she possibly do except start her own gang, right? Hell, now she gets to make her yes. own rules. Hell yes. yeah. So... Um, she starts her own gang and I think, and again, this is really tricky when reports differ. This really annoys me because um, even when we try our best to figure stuff out, sometimes things just don't become very clear. I think the gang might have been called the Malas, which is Vikram's surname, which I think is really romantic and adorable. Right, she would yeah. name her gang that. Yeah. But there are differing reports. So that could just be a bit of artistic license embellishment after the fact. Um, 
They ranged over central and northern India and they are hiding out in mountains and they know secret passageways through ravines and special places to escape. And it's proper banditry now. Like this is a like top tier banditry. Um, and the best thing that they did, which was the one thing she wanted to do, was they raided and robbed upper class people, upper caste people, and they spread the wealth amongst the poor people. She's That's like a female favorite. Robin Hood. That's my favorite. <laughs> I swear, I love a Robin Hood tale that's oh, like that. Good. So she, um, they would find themselves in villages where the landowners were taking advantage or not paying properly the laborers and the menial workers. And so whenever they spotted this level of injustice, they would get offed or they would just get beaten up or they would have their shit stolen and it would be spread out to bring fairness to the people who were suffering. Um, and I, again, don't hate that. You know? <laughs> I'm having a problem with disliking this woman. <laughs> I really don't. I, even now, I'm just like, where are all our Robin Hoods? Oh, like, well, you know, exactly. like, I'm really, I mean, I don't have a skill set to do the things. Like, I'm I'm really rooting for some, like, Robin Hood hackers and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, we need it for the digital age. Don't we? The, like, yeah, you know, it. update it. Like, let's do it. Let's get it together. Spread that Bitcoin around. <laughs> so, um, so this is what she's doing. She's fighting injustice. She's helping the needy. Um, she's stopping people being exploited. Uh, she's helping women. Uh, she's in charge of her own gang. You know, she's a feminist dream. Um, and then we do one more fast forward. And that brings us to 1981. And this is a very important time. Valentine's Day, 1981. This is her plan. She's got it all planned. It's so cinematic, her thinking and what she does. She returns to the Bamai village, the scene of her biggest indignities. To okay. seek more revenge. Hell yeah. She dresses in khaki like the police would, because the police in India, they wear all the khaki uniforms, but she puts on this bright red lipstick and she's got That's a megaphone. Yeah. She walks down the street and she's got all her guys with her, her like crew. And she parades down the street with this megaphone and she calls for all the men who assaulted her to come out and face her on the street. Fuck yes. <laughs> She's, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, she's yes. walking up and down. She's like, you know, saying whatever she's saying to get these guys to come out and face her and look her in the eye. And they don't come, surprisingly or unsurprisingly. Um, so they couldn't find them. I think maybe they found one or two, but they couldn't find them. So you know what she says? She says, okay, every man in this village, get them out here now. So they drag out 21 men, line them up. And she get, she says to her guys, firing squad, kill them all. Whoo. If you won't confess to me, she takes them all out in one fell swoop. Wow. And that was the Valentine's Day massacre of 21, sometimes 22 men of 1981. Okay. And at this point, you know, she has been given this title of the bandit queen uh, and legend is raging around the country of her and what they've been up to and their raids. Like I said, you know, before she was blowing up trains and everything, you know. Dolls are being sold in the markets to little girls of her. I was literally just like imagining <laughs> like a painting, a real revolutionary painting with her, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like just her blade and just yeah. like a titty out or something like that. Just, <laughs> just burning shit to just the a ground. Good measure, you know. You know, just just you know, Love nothing's it. more empowering than a single, a single titty hanging out. Uh, it's like those medieval paintings when it was fashionable, <laughs> right, when the women exactly. would just do that. Just like, ah, what? <laughs> is that 
woman. Oh There's one photo. She's like, I was just really proud of my left tit. So I just you used know, to get it out. It's a good one. It's the one I want everybody <laughs> to see. We all got one. We all got one. <laughs> so, so these, I mean, the dolls didn't have tits out, but you know, it was uh, some kind of Barbie core before it was Barbie core situation going on. Yeah. Um. So this was obviously this was big news though and uh everybody knew about it and everybody knew she had done it and she was in charge she was not anonymous by any stretch so by 1983 so that's two years after um she'd been in contact with the police and they'd been saying come on just surrender there was like ten thousand pounds on her head for anybody who would you know turn her in or whatever um but they were so good at hiding and the hills you know there were these tiny ravines and nooks and crannies and that's just where they lived and they could just survive there if you know the pathways and everything you could survive for years yeah, get food absolutely. and water and everything and not need to come out um but she negotiated with the police. It took nearly a year of negotiations backwards and forwards for her to say, I will surrender. And this is the list of demands that I wanted to, to let you know, because she was like, I'm not just coming. Like, I'm right, gonna, yeah. I'll tell you how this is going to go. It's going to be worth it. Let's go. <laughs> so she would only deal with selected police forces because she didn't trust the police anymore after they had been some people to attack her. Fair. Um, she would only lay her weapons down and give them up before pictures of Gandhi and the goddess Durga, who she had been praying to when she went to the temple after every raid. Okay. And she wouldn't lay her guns down in front of the police because she didn't give a shit about the police. She didn't hold any respect for them. But Gandhi and, you know, the goddess, she, she wouldn't mind doing that. Um, she wanted to be promised that they would not give her the death penalty. This was very important. Okay. And she wanted a promise that all her men would serve no more than eight years in jail for all the crimes that they had done under her okay. name. She wanted a plot of land for her family, because as we know, her family had been without land for some time and unable to survive. Okay. And then she wanted her family brought under a police escort to the site of her surrender, which was going to be this big public affair, so that she could see them you know, one more time or whatever. But she wanted them brought safely. Um, because they probably would have been getting a lot of hassle because publicly sure. everybody knew she was their daughter. Mm -hmm. um, so at a time of her choosing, not whenever they said, like something out of a film, again, I keep finding this so cinematic, rifle slung over her shoulder, knife at her hip, ammo strapped across her body, the bandit queen strolls out of a ravine with 250-foot walls in a gap only big enough for a single person and walks over to one unarmed policeman who she has allowed to accept her and surrenders. And then her other guys come out behind her, you know. Beautiful. So she set this beautiful scene and then she arranges her formal surrender, which was in front of a crowd of over 10,000 people have shown mm. up to watch this. There's 300 police. There are the chief ministers of different states and different government agencies. And they were so surprised when they saw her because like she had just become this legendary thing like that people had talked about. But, you know, they, you couldn't really capture her and there weren't many photos of her, you know, up to this point. She's less than five foot tall. I was waiting for her to she be the tiniest out. thing. Yes. She's this teeny thing. Well, and she's yes. the one who's called all the chaos, all because she wanted to disrupt the natural order of the fucking patriarchy and the awful caste system. It's just this tiny little lady with her red lipstick and her khaki outfit and her <laughs> rifle. <laughs> um, 
She was charged with 48 crimes in total, 30 charges of docoity, which is the banditry, and kidnapping, and 22 murders, possibly 23. So that's either 21 or 22 men in the Valentine's Day, plus the ex-husband, or, you know, we're not sure. Okay, gotcha, yeah. So she gets sent to prison. She stays in prison for 11 years before she even faced a trial. How? So... I'm so sick of this guy. So So this is a not uncommon situation in India even now. Um, But... Yeah, she's there for 11 years. Uh, they have agreed to her demands, you know, that she hasn't been given the death sentence, obviously. Um, I'm not entirely sure how long each of the men served. It does vary because um, not all of them even were caught at the at the, this sure. time she first surrendered. And did they um, need trials to get to the eight years or was it if they were there for eight years? I think it would have not? needed. I think she was intending that they would have a trial and be sentenced to no more than eight years. So some of them have probably been in prison for 11 along with her by this point. Oh, damn. OK. Um, but so but she hadn't been given the death penalty. And in 1994. She was released from prison after 11 years. Oh. And all the charges against her were set aside and she was just served with, you know, time served. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, so basically a uh, fisherman boatman leader from her original village had persuaded yeah. the officials that she had served all this time and look at what she was doing and look at what she had faced and he pleaded her case. Oh, wow. And somehow the government of Uttar Pradesh dropped the charges against her. Yes. And so she walks out after 11 years and at this point she converts to buddhism because there's no caste system she gets married to another dude and she becomes a politician in 1996 she's elected as a member of parliament to the samadwadi party which is like the main challenger to the super right-wing hindu nationalist party wow and she lives in this beautiful bungalow with her husband and she's doing writing wrongs and making laws and, you know, taking names. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's how she lived out her days until very sadly in 2001, at the age of 38, she was shot dead by three masked gunmen in front of her house in Delhi. What the? So they drive <laughs> up in a car. And they, people say that they were trying to get revenge for the 21 massacred in in Valentine's Day, right? Ten men were arrested, nine were acquitted, and ten years later, one of them went on trial and was found guilty of her murder. Wow. In that intervening time, 70 more cases of murder, kidnapping, and banditry had been brought against her and were open during that time, but she was never charged with those they were just hanging over her head. From like the past, they From just the past. decided to bring yeah. it all back. It's just more investigation had been done and more crimes had been linked to her as things mm. had panned out over the years. Thousands of people attended her cremation, which was on the banks of the Ganges River. She had become this folk hero so right, strongly yeah. to lower caste people, to women. And at her cremation, um, which is, you know, which is a a big do. And basically her parents had wanted it to happen way back home, like near her actual birthplace. Um, But the political party said, look, she's got so much support. and There's going to be so many people here. It needs to be more formal. And that's why it was done in such a formal place. Um, There were thousands of police in attendance. Shit kicked off. 
there was one hand grenade thrown. Lots of people got pickpocketed. Loads okay. of people were stoning passing vehicles. And there were loads of chants in support of her when the flames went and her husband watched on and lit her funeral pyre. Mm. And um, so that is really the end of her story. Um, except to say in 1994, a film was made. There, I think there have been two films made, but this is the most sort of popular one. And she had never been happy with this film. She said it depicted her as a sniveling little woman and she was mm. not here for that at all. Um, mm. In her quote, she said, in the film I'm portrayed as a sniveling woman, always in tears, who never took a conscious decision in her life and mm. simply shown as being raped over and over again. And rape, she added, was a fact. It was just a fact of life for lower caste women. And right, across yeah. the whole subcontinent, they were just generally regarded as property for the rich. Mm-hmm. So this was she, from her point of view, although it was it, what happened to her was torturous and awful and an ordeal, it was not by any means an uncommon thing. And she right. saw herself as the same as all the other women, which is why mm-hmm. she wanted to try and change things as much yeah, as she yeah. could. So 24 years after she's died and she's been killed the police captured one of the original gang members who kidnapped her and Vikram, mm-hmm. the guys that came back. The upper ca- cast guys. Exactly, yeah. So okay. this, they capture one of these guys and um, they charged him with more than 24 cases of kidnapping uh, for ransom and some murders and dacoities um, against, uh, they charged him because he'd been doing all sorts of other banditry in the meantime. And it turns out he was also involved with the murders of 16 members of her crew. So the crew that she went on mm. to form, the Marlas, like he had gone and taken out a lot of those guys in the meantime mm. as well. Um, and so from up to 1984, he was still seeking his revenge in his ways. But then 24 years after she had been murdered, he gets caught. He does get sentenced to prison, but he is the only one who ever gets done for all of that stuff from back in the day. Um, And that is the end of our story of the bandit queen of India, who, although not a serial killer or murderer in that way, is responsible for the death of 22 men who fucking deserved it. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm emotionally, mentally, and sexually attracted to this woman at this point. Like I'm just like, yes, let's, let's do this. Um, The, I love, my gosh. It's like literally everything that I would I would dream in like a a, a woman folk hero yeah person. like to be a a beacon of kind of hope even for other girls that were in the same type of situation mm-hmm. as she was oh my gosh like what a, what a life and that's why although I was like oh you know it does I was like am I bending the rules of murders here I mean but I was like. I think this. I think we can work with this um, because I got so excited um, when I was reading this story. I was like, "Come on!" Like, and who else is going to be talking about this? Because even if some people are, I just really thought we owed it to her to tell her story, yeah. which sounds really cheesy, but I think she deserves to be talked about. And um, you know, she's born into this situation. That is her lot, and she faced such a lot, but she also stuck two fingers up to most of it and right. said she wasn't going to put up with it. Um, and and how many women over many many hundreds of years have been 
like potentially that woman, right? Like yeah. the a person who has been in that situation their whole yeah. life and and have found either the the strength, the courage, or whatever it was to be able to fight back at that yeah. level. And you know, I mean, maybe some dirt was done, you know, that wasn't necessary, you know, aside. <laughs> sure, like, you know, okay, okay, sure. Let's, let's go ahead and say that that's possible. <laughs> um, but the you know, I, the idea that she kind of took into her own hands her own or like um like her debt her con you know her debt that she took over like yeah, and and yeah, yeah she it, it's not a perfect system she also yeah. continued to still be you know raped or kidnapped or anything yeah. even while she was doing all that but yeah. i i think the that is a it's a kind of it's real hopeful like i don't know what to say like i'm not a person that's normally very hopeful but like that's a kind of a hopeful yeah I, th I think the fact that it, i mean it, it's it was really amazing to me that she was able to make all these demands and negotiate how she was going to surrender and on what terms you know right they must really have been scared of this woman and what she was the havoc she was wreaking and what she represented obviously they wanted to stop and stamp that out and the yes. fact that they would say, okay, yeah, we'll give in to these demands. And then, I mean, no one's thinking that spending 11 years in prison is going to have been fun for her. But the fact that she gets out, I mean, obviously, she was there for 11 years without even a bloody trial. I mean, that is yeah, that's appalling. But then she just gets out and they just let her go. And that's and she becomes okay. a politician. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how wild is that? Like, yeah. She's Especially, not done changing things yet. And now she decides, okay, I'm going to work with the law to change yes. things as best I can. What's amazing about that from like the American perspective of mm. where in our society, they, we make this claim that you pay your debt to society, right? Like you go to print, you get sentenced, you go to prison yeah. and however long you're in prison, once you're released, technically on paper, your debt is paid. Mm -hmm. And yet you can no longer hold, if you had a felony, oh, yeah. you can no longer vote. Yes, so yeah. you're now a person that is not represented within, yeah. within um, politics. Um, and in a lot of cases, it's weird in which sometimes you can hold office and sometimes you can't hold off okay. it. You know, like it's really unclear with within our system right. in some cases. Um, I mean, how amazing would it be that you could be a felon that can't vote, but you can somehow hold an office in, mm. in some in some position? Yeah, yeah. Very weird in, in the United States. So yeah. to think about something like that, where like you could be, you know, technically a criminal mm -hmm. and, you know, actually pay your debt to society in a way that the society has accepted this debt is now paid yeah. and you can move on to this new, new phase of yeah. life. And that new phase of life include now working within the system to try to make yeah. change like that. To me, that seems like the most empowering type of, of dream that I think the, the concept of the United States of, of America mm. should have been like. Yeah. Yeah. That's isn't. such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think, yeah, from from my perspective, having grown up in the states, that's that's how I'm taking that. Like mm. that 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 system would have yeah. made sense to me if if yeah. if if we've agreed collectively, she paid her debt, and now she wants to work within the system. I mean, it's kind of like us sitting here wondering how Nelson Mandela was able to become the president after apartheid, yes. right? Like, yeah, he was in prison for yeah, and he was labeled as a terrorist, years, and he was know, labeled as a terrorist beforehand. And, that's you know, that's how people that's what his label was, yeah, at that time, yeah. And that wouldn't be something that could happen where I grew up, mm. you know. So yeah. to see that it could happen in somewhere else, like I'm I feel very empowered and motivated by 
this story, even though I'm probably not going to become a queen bandit, a bandit queen, and I'm probably. But like, know, I think we all want to be a bandit queen. We do kind you know? of. I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm from the UK, so right, we don't have guns. So, but like, um, so maybe I wouldn't take the rifle and stuff, but the knife and the 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 lipstick and the costume. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm Japanese. Throw me some double swords, and yeah. I'm with it. You know, like that's that's a uh, that that. Yeah. Speaks to me deeply. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I, I mean, it's so crazy to too to think like she was alive doing this shit while we were al- yes, while we were exactly. children. Like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, like every time you said a year, I was like, okay, I was four. Okay, I was yeah, six. yeah, yeah. That's okay, exactly I what I did the whole. Way you know, like, <laughs> I was like what? oh my god, yeah, that's amazing. Um, so look, I mean, am I condoning the indiscriminate killing of men? Uh, even though they may not have actually been the ones who committed a crime against her, but they represented the men who did. Possibly not. But at the same time, are they all complicit in the crimes? Yeah. So, I mean... You know, that's a good topic of conversation that I feel like, depending on the circumstance, my position would be different. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, of course. In this particular case, I, you know, I don't hate it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're... If you're a person that is protecting, yeah, a rapist, a uh, a murderer, uh, like a gross murderer, not like mm-hmm. a you know, protect, yeah. you know, self defense or protection or anything like that. Like I, I, I find it a little bit harder for me to go like, no, they didn't do, mm-hmm. so, you know, like I mean, yeah. yes, technically, yeah, but also no, you know, like it's hard for me to know. to go that far. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, you know, I have, de- I mean, okay, not to, how, I think this is going to be the 15th time I will have said this on this episode alone. <laughs> As a Japanese person, like, revenge is a big part of my <laughs> interests. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that was <so> perfect. <laughs> I've never been able to commit yeah. revenge in yeah. the way that I have fantasized about committing yeah. revenge and it's a, it's like literally something that most of my friends know about me that like yeah. I am a vengeful listen minded. I'm married to a Sicilian vengeance you is know, everything I mean, come <laughs> on, like, uh, I mean our the revenge tales that we have in, in Japanese history and in our folklore are so deep that like yeah I, I find myself in certain revenge tales really cheering for the person know, that gets the revenge. Yeah. Um, and in my own personal life in which I have like fantasized about revenge, about people that have harmed me, you know, it's, it's kind of like what I was saying in our, in our first episode was just like, you know, I, my brain doesn't let me perform these tasks. And yet, you know, I can, I can fantasize about, yeah. Yeah. about aspects of that. Um, the the revenge element when it comes to something like you know being kidnapped as a child raped mm. uh, these types of things like mm. i'm i'm usually pretty like sweepingly full stop yes yeah. absolutely you can i would support yeah that type of thing i mm-hmm. you know um i'm i will extend my empathy far deeper to the person in that position ne- needing the revenge than to the person that did the mm. thing that made them deserve the revenge yeah (laughs) um so like yeah i mean from case to case like in this case i'm 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 100 percent in support yeah of of this type of story yeah um you know there might be other circumstances 
you know, and maybe a person that's in a, an upper caste or higher class and, you know, in, in like Western terms or whatever, mm. I would be less empathetic to them yeah. wanting yeah. revenge for something. Yeah. Um, but people that are oppressed, people that are constantly, you know, not even able, like legally within the system they exist in yeah. to have recourse exactly. because of something yeah. so unfortunate as a genetic roll of the dice, you were born into yeah. a lower caste. Yeah, and you yeah. were born a girl. You know, so, like, yeah. I mean, in those cases, there's no way, yeah. there's no way yeah. I can't see it. I can't empathize with, exactly. with what she experienced um, to to feel that it was warranted. Yeah. And even if it goes outside of herself, right? Like, let's say she is aware of another girl in a village who that happened to, and it's mm-hmm. there, it's that child's rapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she does that act. Yeah. I would view that still as a as a vengeance act. I would yeah, do, yeah. I would view yeah. that in a protective act. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, but I think that's what's um, great about this story is that she. Okay, so what's happened to her has happened, and then she's gone into the gang, and then she's escaped being captured by the gang. At, at that point, she could have made so many other decisions of what she did. Okay, her life would have gone in a totally different way. But the fact that she decided to continue in this life, but but make the, you know, change the game from within. Again, you know, she's going to change politics, hopefully, but she's changing the game of even the banditry from within and saying, yeah, right. well, we're going to do this Robin Hood thing, you know, and give back. And that is, um, that's remarkable because she could have just obviously done that and got wealthy and done it all for her own. Yeah, end. absolutely. You know, right? yeah. she didn't have to make that choice. But the fact that that's what she did just shows where her head was at when she was carrying out these crimes. Right. And I, I want to believe that about myself too. Like if I were to go <laughs> down that path, you know, yeah. it, I, you know, I, I, I understand that I exist within a capitalist society and I've had to work within that for so long, but if I had the opportunity to fight against capitalism in that sure. way, yeah, and I, I had the skill set and I had the knees, <laughs> <laughs> the knees in the back, um, you know, like I would want to think yeah. that that would be the the method that I would do too. Um, and, and in any kind of like fantasy I've ever had as a regular person, when you fantasize about winning the lottery, even though you don't play into the lottery yeah. or something like that, you know, it's, it's things like that, you know, mm-hmm. finding a way to to look after girls and protect them from this type yeah. of stuff or anything that I experienced as a child within like I have an abusive child um uh, abusive childhood um that within those things I would do stuff yeah as, a, as a victim of childhood sexual abuse I um mm-hmm. really sympathized with just the concept of being able to just go on a rampage and kick ass and take it out on all the men who've wronged all the women because I right. would really like that in lots of ways still (laughs) in in a way that kind of equalizes like not i mean you never it's it's never justice is never equitable right it's it's just it's it's either a tit for tat in in an individual situation or it's just like symbolically this is uh yeah this is retribution or something like that and i feel when it comes to to harming whoever is defenseless compared to you yes so like of course children in general of course um most women probably maybe you know like you know maybe not all but but you know i mean i've certainly met some women that are far more powerful than some some of the men that i've met as well you know i know that that's a possibility too but you know and or even if like 
it, even if it is a man, but it's a man from a lower class, lower mm -hmm. caste, lower um, income, you know, whatever the thing is, and they're up against somebody with more power, same type of thing. Like uh, that's the side. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing. Um, it's very clear that we, we, yeah, we, we where, where our loyalties are like, it's, we're always going to go with the ethnic guy and the, the down yeah. person. Yeah. Like, whatever it is. I'm always going to support the little guy. Um, and I think that, um, what's interesting though is is when we were talking before about the mindset of a killer and you know like a serial killer and why do you just do one or you know what how does that how are you ticking um then how you know how are so many of us not killing and going on rampages um as a result I mean, of things that we've had that's a us? good fucking question right mm. like if you compare I it anybody yet i haven't done it at all yet so well like, if I if I put us in the mindset of like what we were talking about when we were talking about Graham Young about yeah. like you know what makes him different from me to where he was willing to kill yeah. his own family just to be able to observe them dying yeah. in the hopes that in the future he could be this global villain right mm -hmm. um, that seems so ridiculous and yet at the same time I'm fascinated by why his brain is wired that way yeah, yeah and it's like delusions of, of grandeur on the delusions scale. of grandeur yeah the accounting for him being a white man of even if he is lower class he's gonna have a privilege that I don't have like mm -hmm. all of those things you know mm -hmm. there versus a story like this in which I could relate far more even though I I wasn't born in India I wasn't yeah. born at that level of poverty or caste or anything yeah. like that you know I have my dip my different version of that mm -hmm. growing up where I yeah. grew up in like the black american hood and stuff like mm -hmm. that you know um why it seems so ridiculous for someone like graham to be the way wired the way he is yeah. versus uh and can you say her name again i apologize oh yeah sorry fulan fulan yeah. and yeah. to where with fulan it's like yeah like all this yeah. shit makes sense like and yeah, yeah. and i i you know i i am almost ashamed i'm not as power you know like <laughs> as brave or as powerful yeah, as someone, yeah. you know like like she is um yeah that i only have fantasies of of the people who have done these things to me as yeah. a child you know like versus yeah. actually doing it uh the the yes like that is that's a, i think that's a really interesting <laughs> question to like try to evaluate for yourself yeah. like, how why haven't i murdered anyone yet yeah that's what our therapists are dealing with next <laughs> yeah right like you know and, and here we are on on the inter and internets you know just talking about like yeah why don't i do this yeah um and, and again you know like the same type of thing the the ability to hide the ability to disappear the ability yeah. to keep it going even. yeah um, yeah it's something that like I don't have that know-how or talent to to have figured you know, maybe well, I, I mean, would have figured it out on the fly. I, was I don't gonna know. Say, it seems like she pretty much figured it out on the on the way up, right? You know, she's thrust into this life of crime um by necessity, and then she happens to be pretty good at it. You know, so the fact that they let a woman let a woman be in charge after they killed the other dude, um, and that because she just obviously had a way with it and she was a good leader and she was she was doing well um she obviously was learning things and picking it up she was astute i really love that so many men followed her yeah after. um i I'm, I'm fascinated by like what 
what was the deal for them versus those upper class guys that were like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how can you be out of the game for so long and then come back and have the yeah. audacity to be like, I'm going to change shit, you know, like where yeah. these other guys were like, mm, you know, she makes sense. So I'm going <laughs> yeah. to keep going. Like, you know, well, that's I guess another if she thing. Was successful and she's sharing the wealth, then they're doing better under her rule than they were before. Maybe they're seeing more of the spoils. And, yeah, maybe and, that's you enough, know, right? Um, or maybe she's not kidnapping them and raping them and murdering them when they do stuff that she doesn't like, like the other guy was. Yeah, fair. So. And, you know, maybe there's not like a weird kind of corporal punishment system yeah. within the way she runs the yeah. game versus, yeah. um, you know, because I, I think, you know, a lot of people do go through, a lot of Westerners go through their mafia phase, you know, the, you yeah. know where they're really interested in it. Like, you know, some of them, yeah. some of them is the whole reason why they went to film school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like, you know, what what I think makes us idolize that kind of criminality is the idea that, like, you are working outside of the structures, yeah. the, the oppressive structures yeah. around us. And even though they have their own oppressive structures within within yeah. them, too, um, at the end of the day, the the people that you seem to, to hear about having more like an idolization or, or mm. like the most loyal followers or something like that are the ones that see the humanity of the people that are supporting them yeah. who do share the wealth, you know, things yeah. like that or whatever. But I mean, uh, cause obviously they, they, you know, it's dishon it's honor amongst thieves, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like, we're, we're honorable in our systems and ways of working, even though we're being dishonorable against the societally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, because one of the one a very early screenplay that I wrote was 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 literally the female mafia boss. You know, she became man. Know, I got one of those too. Yeah, we all got one, right? I mean, I think because that's fantastical. That's the fantasy. That's the dream. It's like imagine the badass woman who decides to you know she suddenly thrust the position of head of the family. <laughs> and I think there was, and I, I forget how old I was at the time. I, I was somewhere between, say, like 17 to 23, I think. And there was yeah. a show that was really briefly running where it was like the the female mafia, like the wives yeah. or or daughters. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's of, been done. That's why. I yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember it being on there and, and it didn't last long because, you know, patriarchy and shit like that. Sure. Uh, but while it was available, that those little juices were turning about like how the structures that they had to deal with is first getting the men in line because yeah. you can't, you can't wield the fear of death, I guess, uh, or, I mean, you could, but like in a lot of cases, that wasn't the way that yeah. they will. It was more the promise of riches was how they got people yeah, in yeah. line. And, and maybe, you know, that is maybe so, that yeah, is what happens. Maybe like, that works here. Yeah. Because if she was actually better at her job, then yeah. they would be seeing, Seeing more with me, you're going to eat, you're going yeah. to to have space to be in freedom, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe even that you can speak up without, you know, not fear of, yeah. you know, yeah. slaughter or something like that. You know, I think um, that would be a really interesting insight would be to be able to go it within and see mm -hmm. what that dynamic was like, um, which obviously we haven't got that information. Yeah, I would definitely would love to know more about the internal mm -hmm. structure. Um, yeah. That's the hardest part about some of these uh stories that we're going to end up reviewing is is the stuff that you actually want to know the stuff yeah. you want more access to is like not the stuff that people would have written about yeah or like in our case like culturally yeah 
the the things that would make us curious about mm -hmm. how this structure survives yeah wouldn't be something that necessarily western people even though we're born in western society and yeah we exist yeah. as western um that we that nece wouldn't necessarily be the way a westerner would choose to investigate and therefore because that information is not available to us and the people that we need to find out about are dead yeah. you know we're we're not gonna know it almost makes me feel like i get why some serial murderers do document so much because yeah, of yeah. that that arrogance where they want you to know everything yes but they yes. don't want well, you to know well that's graham again isn't it because then we're back to graham. yeah 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 um and and i've seen that in in a lot of other and a lot of other things like even even like btk here mm -hmm, in the u.s mm -hmm. like the way he would release information out to the press it was a frustration of like my genius Mm. is not being appreciated because you dummies don't know how to identify it yeah, and so here let yeah. me tell you more which is eventually going to get me caught but it's just but, because i need you to be able yeah. to see how brilliant i am yeah. and uh and in this case you know that probably wouldn't have been it's probably probably not about genius and brilliance is the reason mm. why they're doing things it's really more about like the humanity of yeah the people that they're mm -hmm. looking after or themselves that, that, that they were doing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And so I even wonder like, how would they tell their own story? Yeah. And I think, I think um, from a female perspective, that sort of uh, desire for that kind of notoriety isn't as strong, probably. Um, that is sure, yeah, a sleeping yeah. stereotype, obviously, but um, I would say in general, it's not. Um, and I think that's why it's really interesting what her comment was about the film that had been made. Um, because so somebody took her story and told it and this is what they made of it. And she was saying, no, that's not me. Like you can't, you know, how could, and in fact, how could you take this story? I've seen clips. I haven't seen the whole thing, but how could you tell this story that I've just told and we've gone, whoa, about right, this yeah. woman, this badass. And then you've just gone, oh, I was sad because all these bad things happened to me. And then like, and then what? And then, so you just missed out the whole bit where she like opened up the rifle and took revenge? I yeah, right. Like how, what sense does that make? Yeah. That you can have such a dynamic. I, I think that's also like, almost like the Disneyfication of like Mulan, you know? Oh, um, God. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a woman who the stories about her are like her giving birth on the battlefield or, you know, like yeah. literally still draining like, you know, <laughs> birth fluids. And she's like yeah. holding the head of an enemy and stuff like that. Like th these are the, more, you know, more like um, they might be fantasy. I don't know. But like these are the more like, yeah you know, stories from them. And here they have, you know, Disney has her like fawning over a yeah. boy while she's, you know, course fighting in battle and you know not not that you you know don't have sexual or romantic feelings sure. when you're in such situations like that but like that that's the focus of her story that yeah. now collectively the world will always associate Teenage with her. girls know there's a time and a place for that kind of thing you know what i'm saying <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, I kind of like the idea of the woman who's like just given birth. She's got a suckling infant yeah. and she's yeah. on horseback and she's slicing people's heads yeah. off like yeah. that, you know, give this her the is, dignity um, of uh, Isabella of Spain. Right. You know, like, um, yes. Right. You, there's this image of her. She's, you know, because she's wearing a suit of armor and riding into battle and saying like, sod off, man, I can do this myself better than you. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and that yeah, yeah, that's was actually the monarch that had. Yeah power she just exactly. happened to also have a husband that yeah sure you know Ferdinand he's around for when I you need know? certain things yeah um. <laughs> but 
but um, I, I, you know, that actually kind of makes me curious, even though you cannot compare something like Elizabeth II to something like yeah. um, is, Isabella, but like a um, hundred years from now, the dynamic between Philip as a, yeah. as a lesser, you know, Oh yeah. So, Compared to her, like how how will that be told? Uh, so I think I mean already the the suggested dynamic there is that um, you might wear the crown, but I wear the trousers at home, kind of thing. Right. So he's in charge of the family and the home, and he's the boss there, even though she's the queen boss of <laughs> just everyone else. So insecure to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you know, I'm off shagging everybody I want whenever I want because that's also part of the deal because I get to do that because I'm a man I'm going to be right. powerful in that way and dominate in that way yeah um which I think is well documented and well established but I I think that um he yeah he doesn't come across he doesn't come across as there, there's no great. there's no actual part of him that comes about even remotely no. respectable when it comes no. to any any tier of yeah the um from her ascension to their yeah. you know, deaths. Uh, I think, um, you know, here it's been overly romanticized. The fact that we've just been through COVID when it was his funeral and she sat alone, the weeping widow at the funeral, you know, um, and there was, you know, and, and there was, that was just so overblown in all our media here. Yeah. You know, the image of the strong and steadfast monarch alone, you know, at her husband's funeral was, and it was stark and it was um it was Very quite a powerful image but um uh, you know it, it was really overblown obviously it was always going to be and then of course it was really overshadowed with megan and that was like obviously that's a whole other chapter mm -hmm. um <laughs> and um so i just but i do think um that their relationship I, I suppose that they cared for each other. I'm not really sure. I, I feel like they led very separate lives. I was always led to believe that they had very mm -hmm. separate lives, different apartments. You know, they didn't, you know, have that much contact with each other. Yeah. Um, apart from some sort of companionship, which probably, you know, maybe that worked. I, I think a lot of those level of political relationships and, and I don't not see a parallel in kind of the way mine is after 20, 23 years too, is that um, there's a certain level where you're together for a reason. This is the yeah. reason, you know, yeah. we are monarchs or we are politicians or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then to a degree that they're also great friends, even though they've caused yeah. harm to each other yeah. Yeah. to a degree. Um, um, I think the Clintons also in the United States would be an equivalent to that yeah. kind of thing where they they definitely have a political marriage. And yet mm. when the cameras that they're not aware of are on them, mm. they look like very good friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And even maybe affectionate in a, a standoffish kind of yeah. like, let's make sure. And I'm sure, sure there's a respect active. going on. Sure, you know? yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, I think the the Clinton rule was just like, don't embarrass me publicly. Oops. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh and and you I had assume, one job, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you just had one job, right? And I assume the the you know British monarchy was like that as well. It's just like yeah. don't yeah, exactly. Don't lay it, put your dirty laundry out for everyone yeah. to see. And then every time it gets in the papers and the tabloids, it's embarrassing me. Yeah. Know? I mean, at or least the Queen had the good grace and dignity to have her affairs very much behind closed doors. So she right. was getting what she needed and not not telling everyone about it. Yeah. And you know. When her, di when her diaries are finally him. released, you know, at some point, people are like, oh, <laughs> I say, horse friend, did you say, uh, yeah. um, you know, like, 
uh, you know, riding like companion, is it? Riding companion, <laughs> indeed. Um, you know, whereas like monarchs from the past, you yeah, know, or something, yeah. like that. or even like in the case of this, like I, as much as I am kind of tired of any like powerful woman needing to have a romance as a part of her tale, at the same yeah. time, I also felt like at least she had a Vikram, at least yeah. she had a man that didn't yeah. do this thing to her exactly, um, yeah. and also supported her mission. And yeah. from what it seems, didn't need to take the lead. Yeah. In yeah. The band yeah. in, in the gang. Because he was in the gang right? first. And so when, when she joined, so it could very well have been that he assumed the natural leadership role, Sure. you know, because he would have been there first and was the man, but obviously he was happy to, you know. Yeah. And so like, I, I love it that it happened yeah, also at yeah, the same time it's yeah. like literally a part of every woman's story you know every powerful yeah. woman's story is, is who's who's the guy too, I, know, right? I know um so it's a it's a mixed thing but i'm i mean and I'm i mean that's she... why it's kind of romantic if she did name her gang after him, after him yes you know yeah. that is kind of romantic and perhaps but perhaps it does speak to a sort of a childlike romanticism because probably of everything that she'd been through you know yeah um and, uh, you know, if she as well, you see, there's this other element there, isn't there? She's had this much older husband. Her parents are sort of kicking her out and mm -hmm. don't really care. So, like, having a person who is who's sort of first and foremost thinking is to protect or look after you yeah. has not been something she's experienced. Which I think is so. why it's such a good part of the story. Yeah. It's like, maybe yeah. she had yeah. the one. Exactly. Um, and I, I can see other, you know, other stories and things like that where a, something like that would be the case. Like yeah. this person stood up for you and protected yeah. you and was kind. And I think mm -hmm. kindness is probably such an important part because it's so often not a part of yeah. the woman's story. You so know? at first I thought, okay, but were they really in love or was it just that, you know, that mm -hmm. actually this is the first time that's ever happened to me and that's really appealing and I've misread you know, my feeling of gratitude about that treat, about you not mistreating me as sure, being yeah. in love, which is yeah. a really common story. It, it's possible, yeah. Yeah, um, but actually yeah, reading more into it and realizing, no, they, you know, they were properly in love. Like, I just think that's, that's that awesome. is actually, in this case, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I love that I've for her. <laughs> definitely had a misguided uh, crush on a, on a boy yeah. that was kind, you know. Yeah. Uh, where in it, once I get removal from it, I'm just like, man, is that is that really how Labar was? Because like, <laughs> yeah, oh my God, um, yeah. you know, maybe they weren't that smart, or maybe you know, we didn't actually have anything in common, but they were yeah, just yeah. a nice person. Just not being an absolute dick. Yeah, yeah, like amazing. <laughs> but that's how low the bar can be sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I I really thank you for sharing this one because I. One, I don't think I would have stumbled on it even accidentally. It's certainly yeah. not a part of any of, of the stories I've heard before. But now I absolutely want to know more yeah. about her. And I want I want to I want that big one titty painting on a, on my wall <laughs> for in a power position. <laughs> I've got some good photos. So they'll, you'll see. Excellent. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that will satisfy it, you. <laughs> it's so funny because now um for for years i've been like gathering pieces of art that are from my various fandoms and stuff like mm. that that are um, unlicensed things but like stuff that yeah. artists have made or whatever and you know my plan is to end up having them you know kind of gallery style yeah. on my wall and as we're doing this there's times when like a story like hers 
would I end up having like a, I respect this murderess gallery wall. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I was a teenager that had like Angela Davis and Muhammad Ali on my wall. Like yes. would I also had, you know, because of the respect of their politics, yep. but like, would I also have like, you know, she killed dudes who, who harmed girls. I, yeah. I kind of want to idolize a person yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. And yeah, so like I said, I think it isn't, you know, it isn't a usual tale of murder I love straightforwardly. It Honestly, if we could One find more time. stories like this, that would be probably far more heartening than like... Well, it's good to know. mix it up every now and again. Sure, you know, yeah. Who doesn't love just pure bloodthirsty, you know, slashing at times? Right. You know, there's always room for that as well. So. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I've just I've just heard one that um, I don't know if I would cover, but I it's one of those ones where like multiple people end up saying that they're the the person who did it. Oh, um, there's a belief about maybe why, but like mm. the the crime is so weird and senseless that you're just like, why is this of all things the one that so many people wanted to take claim? Yeah. Over oh, and, oh. Um, yes. and, uh, but it's like, re it's, it's, in, well, I guess it's in the seventies too. So, mm, yeah. you know, I, the more that I'm trying to stick to the further past, I keep yeah. ending up in like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. yeah. So that's what, obviously with this one, I was like, yeah. oh, this is so recent. Cause we were alive. Um, I mean, technically they start before we got going, yeah, you know, yeah. like I was born in 77. So, <laughs> um, but like at the same time, it's just, you know, yeah. the fact that you can kind of touch that history is, mm -hmm. is also yes. an interesting, yeah. um, an interesting thing it's, and it's, then when you think about the justice and the you know especially with this story you know the, the prison system and the all of that and realizing just how not long ago it was that she's yeah. you know literally languishing in prison without trial you know right. is, that also brings I a mean, different dimension so much of this of history within any kind of crime type of story is like you're really telling me shit ain't changed that much? You know, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. and this one, of course, is, you know, 50, 60 years. But, like, you go 100 years and same type of thing. You go 200 years, same type of thing. And yeah. it's just, it's so disheartening to think that, like, we can't get it together enough to to have, like, some kind of collective justice process that actually provides either a comfort to victim yeah. families and a decent enough punishment or something that makes sense for punishment to the yeah. perpetrator and if and to see the injustice of punishment of people who have done dirt but mm -hmm. the reason why they had to do the dirt is because of what atrocities happened you know yeah and that's a special place in my heart because i'm you know as a person from multiple different oppressed categories mm -hmm. a lot of the times of the justice that's being done to the people yeah. from my communities is not yeah, exactly. Justice, right. You yeah. know, so yeah, this was amazing. I, I really appreciate this uh story. And and um, you know, I'm categorically a pessimist and not a hopeful person. I'm I'm very <laughs> I very much lean into the it's the hope that kills you, you know, way of thinking. But like something like this actually does kind of like, hmm, is this what hope feels like? <laughs> <laughs> this fuzzy little feeling. I do, I always describe myself as cynically optimistic because I okay. am a really optimistic person, but I am also very cynical. So I'm not just willy nilly like everything's going to be a okay because I'm Pollyanna <laughs> and I'm so glad. Um, but I just um, I uh, so yeah, I've got a healthy amount of cynicism, but a really good dose of optimism as well. So uh, yeah. I'm glad that I could you know shed a little pink and fuzzy onto you with this story. <laughs> 
to, to quote you from before, you have uh, well and truly uh, spilled the tea on uh, on this, and I I it was very much steeped in intrigue. I'm like I'm already just thinking about you know that I'm gonna look look her up after um, after this to to try to learn more. I definitely can't wait to see a, a picture of her. Yes. Um, and let's have all little girls telling her name and her tale. You for know, years to I come. mean. <laughs> like we have such strange heroes yeah. that that are like collectively a- approved. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if she was amongst them, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> the the patron saint of you know, you rape little girls, you gonna get the knife. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm with. I'm with. So we'll have to start the fan club. You know, merch yeah. coming soon <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, start to, I guess, wrap it up. Uh, we sure. are, uh, so just to update, because this will be the first time I don't have to cut it out and, and re-record it. If you want to follow us on the social medias, we are Matcha Masala Murder on all the platforms, on the YouTube, the Tickety Talk, the Instagram, or at least those are the three platforms that, that we were focusing on. Uh, you can find us on all of the podcatchers as well. But we have a, a specific request that if you can download and listen to us on Spotify that you please do because that is the where we're hosted. And hopefully we will start to be able to pay ourselves a wage in the future. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any final thoughts, words? Viva Revolution! <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Stab, stab the masters. Um, okay, so this is good. Thank you. And next week we'll be back and it will be your turn to be, be mother and spill yes. the tea. And we will see what wonderful stories you have for us. Bye. Bye, everybody. Matcha and Masala is produced and hosted by Charmaine Fury and Ria Mayakor. This is a Main Hustle Media production in association with Virtual Reality Studios. All stories are researched to the best of our ability with information freely available to the public. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and due to the nature of true life crimes, some information remains inaccessible and new information can come to light after recording.